You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Low on the draw today. Let's go. Oh man, this is a this is we're getting ready to head on vacation music right there. What is up, everybody? And welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. The man that gets to have a three-day weekend coming up. We are sponsored as always by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR, bet on the dunk contest or something if you want to. Uh, or just take the Nuggets to win the championship. That's another good bet you can also uh, pick up on. I'm your host, Adam Matis. I'm joined today, two-man game, Brendan Vote in the house. What's happening, Let's, brother? Let's finish strong, man. I mean, I wish we – like it's not as easy for us as it is for the Nuggets because we don't have that Mavs team to play against. It's just you and me, but let's try to finish strong before the break. We are going to finish strong. I'm actually very excited for today's show. We have a very special guest uh, joining us a little bit later. Grace of the Curls, a.k.a. Grace Marlowe, will be joining us in segment two. We've got a couple fun games planned. Um, she's in for it. We have yeah. some real hard hitters for her <laughs> where we will all, all of Nuggets Nation will get to uh, judge her harshly based on her answer to very insignificant questions. I can't Love wait. It. I can't wait. She's, a, uh, she's become a real member of Nuggets, uh, the online oh, Nuggets verse, man. A, a, a riser, a rising a star. star. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A rising star. Uh, we're also going to look at the latest NBA MVP straw poll from Tim Bontemps. Jokic dominating that one. We're going to go through both the straw poll, what it means, and also the re- hilarious reaction. Straw poll day, actually my least favorite day vote. I don't like straw poll day. Stop participating in them, bro. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I know. I need to start sabotaging it. Yeah. Like, who is this <laughs> one vote for Vladko Chanchar? What? <laughs> um, and then voted him fourth. We'll get out of the weekend for us here by previewing All-Star Weekend, what you need to pay attention to, what you can absolutely skip, and maybe what you can gamble on. We'll do all of that in the final segment. But first, let's get to some news and notes from around the league and obviously uh, talk about the Denver Nuggets here. But I want to, before we get to the Nuggets, I want to talk about last night we didn't get to around the association in the postgame show. But if we had, there's one storyline that would have stood out the most to me. And that is, I don't know if you heard, but the Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant. They gave up a whole bunch of picks. They gave away Cam Johnson, who's a very good player, very good role player. And Mikael Bridges, who's a good role player, but maybe something more than that. Last night, he scored 45 points. 45. Now, here's the thing about Mikael Bridges. We've talked about him as a guy that was like, well, he's a really good role player, but he's not a star, this or that. It almost reminds me of when James Harden went to Houston and then scored right. 50 like three times in a row to start. Is there something too, and you see Perkins here, 
It's a difference between playing the right way and waiting your turn and being held back. Mikel Bridges with a smooth 45-piece wing dinner, eight biscuits and five apple pies. Not sure what that means. I think rebounds and assists. I'm not so sure. <laughs> and then he says, Phoenix was in the damn way. My God, that Whoa. last little bit, spicy. But in all sincerity, is there something too? Mikael Bridges might have been that diamond in the rough. Always had this in him, but Phoenix was in the way. Maybe. Uh, keep it 100. I don't know if Phoenix needed that from him. There's a little bit of... I mean, I love the way Porter's fitting in with Denver, right? And with everything they had going on in Phoenix, it was like, hey, hey, can you be this very specific version of a talented yeah. role player for us? And honestly, in that role, to me, he's a large part of what made the Sun so scary. They had all these right. guys who could do the star stuff, and then one of the most dependable, like, fourth, you know, third guys out there. But I still want to have fun with this. I still want to have fun with this. <laughs> Phoenix did, did was holding just, back. Did they move away a really, really big piece of their future? Could they have given him uh, uh, more looks, higher usage? Could that have gotten them closer to some sort of Kevin Durant substitute without having to leverage their team for Kevin Durant? Uh, all fun questions to play with when you're making fun of Suns fans. Truthfully, though, I think it's actually that Bridges was playing the right way on a very right. good team. Yep. And now Absolutely. he's on a team that, that needs this from them. And I do think there's a Michael Porter parallel where, like, yep. if Michael Porter got traded to a team that was like, okay, now you're the number one guy, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a 40-piece very early on in that. He's capable of doing it. Um, I think the thing is, is if this – if Mikael Bridges, if you could, like, amend a trade up to two weeks after it happened and, like, Brooklyn was like, okay or, – or Phoenix was like, okay, now we see this. Honestly, they probably could have kept one or two more picks. Right. Be like, honestly, just having one game of 45 points, you go, like, I didn't know he had one of those in him. If he had one in his first two games with us, then clearly this guy is better than we kind of anticipated. So, to me, I look at that and I go, when we evaluate the Suns, obviously the Kevin Durant piece is huge. It's going to make them really tough. But I kept saying that Bridges and, and uh, Cam Johnson, to me, are like AG and KCP. They're, right. they're not just guys. They're perfect fit role players. And losing them... I do think we're going to see going forward just a little bit of, oh, yeah, Phoenix lost some stuff that they now have to replace. Even Kevin Durant, as great as he is, doesn't replace the things that were lost. He just added right. in other areas. So anyway, Mikael Bridges going off like that, I just thought was so interesting, so fascinating. And maybe the next arms race is for Mikael Bridges. You know what I mean? He's the next guy. They And I know some people initially were like, whoa, fewer picks than the Gobert trade. But that's the thing. It's Cam Johnson and Bridges are not right. scrubs, man. These are meaningful pieces to the Suns' identity and just good players, particularly Bridges. So it'll be also. I think it was one fewer pick than the Gobert one. And like, if you traded Mikael Bridges right now, he's probably worth two first rounders sure. himself. Sure. So now you just got up above. Now you got to seven picks, and then you have Cam Johnson, who maybe feature, gets you another first pick. So to me, really good value that Brooklyn got, and that was a real trade. Now, here's what I really wanted to do with this first segment. I just wanted to touch on that because it's such a big deal. Can you imagine if Bones dropped 45 points like immediately after being traded? It would be the top story. This is what the Suns just did. They traded a guy who immediately scores 45. I mean, honestly, that's the context. That's context that I think you can actually uh, compare here. I want to talk, though. We're going to play a little truth. Wait. True or false? <laughs> like Truth or dare? Hold on. That's not right. A little true or false here because we are – more two-thirds of the way through the, this season we're at that uh all-star break so i got a series of questions for you vote and you're going to tell me if this statement is true or false what's my do first it. one the denver nuggets know who they are true this one's true true okay 
the Denver Nuggets are as potent an offense as any team in the league that can play defense when it matters a half at a time, a quarter at a time. And even though, Adam, at this point in the season, they have played far fewer clutch minutes than it looked like they were on track to at once, I still think those of us that watch this team closely can say we know what that identity is too. It's Murray and Jokic. So I would actually argue few teams in the league right now know who they are the way Denver does, particularly after that Suns trade. Again, almost certainly worth it. I'm not trying to be annoying, but that is one thing they lost and that they have to go rediscover. Yeah. And play along with us in the chat. I like these ones. To me, this one's an easy one. It's very true. And I love that you compared it even to a team like Phoenix, as good as they are. Do they know who they are? Absolutely not. They've never played together. We have a hunch. They're going to be pretty good on offense, maybe unguardable. But we don't actually know, and they have to figure that out. And that's true of the Warriors right now. And that's even to a lesser extent, I think, true of teams like Milwaukee and Boston, who I think are even behind Denver. Maybe not Boston. But teams like Milwaukee who are a little bit behind that because, again, they've had guys in and out of the lineup even more so than Denver. So to me, I just think Denver knows who they are. They see very clearly where they need to go before the playoffs begin, and I think that's so valuable. Number two, their offense is unguardable. Mostly true. I'm going to go – Inconclusive? Let's go true. Okay, let's go true. Let's go true. Let's go true. He says true. Let's go true. That is how I feel, you know, gut back against the wall. The argument against, the argument against, the way Porter has started to take advantage of mismatches in the regular season, can he do that in the playoffs? Will teams be able to hide their smaller, weaker defenders? Is that just one thing you can sort of take away and not have to worry about? Having said that, you still have to worry about Murray Jokic, uh, AG the dunker, and KCP, the corner god. So I think ultimately the answer is yes. And if you add the Porter Cherry on top, now you're just talking about nightmare fuel for a poison defense. I am surprised you said mostly true. I'm almost disappointed that you said mostly true. Yeah, me too. It's a bad take. (laughs) I think that this is completely true, and it's why you should be excited about the Nuggets. Again, if you look at a Phoenix, a Golden State, those teams are going to score, and the question is can Denver stop them? Their defense has to get better. But here's the thing. Nobody's stopping Denver. We haven't seen it this year. I have not seen the Nuggets outside of the fourth quarter or second half, you could say, against Philadelphia. And I don't think that's going to be a trend. Like, it's the only time we saw it, and Jokic did not look himself, you know, looked a little confused by that. But whatever. Like, it's such a small sample that disproves, you know, the larger part of this that I look at that and I go, Denver is unsolvable on offense. They have too many guys. And I think when we get to the playoffs, these teams are going to come up with schemes and game plans. And at the end of the day, they'll go, well, these don't really work at all. So I don't, you know, and they, they, they never just scores on us. And my favorite thing about Jokic, man, is I, there are so many players who bend opposing defenses to their will. Jokic almost kind of, he kind of takes what you want to do most and turns that into a pain, a thorn in your side. Like he's, right. it's not just about forcing you to a knee. It's about taking what you're giving him and he never misses it. And when those five guys are healthy, you're giving him something, no matter what you do, you're giving that offense a viable route to two, if not three points. And I see the comment in here from Philip. He says, starters, yes, unguardable. Here's the thing. In the playoffs, you're going to have probably at least one starter, if not two on the court at all times. And I would say, when I say is Denver unguardable, their offense unguardable, I mean lineups that feature two or three starters. Sure. So this is not the bench unit, and this is not the like blended, you know, majorly blended lineups. But if you just told me like, Jokic, Gordon, and any one other starter with any combination of bench players. Like, yep, that's pretty much unguardable against other blended lineups. 
So to me, Denver mostly puts together lineups out there that are unguardable. The all-bench yeah. lineup, we'll see, but it's not a thing that you're going to see in the playoffs. Um, next one, Jamal Murray can reach his bubble self. All right, I'm going to say inconclusive on this one. Um, the jump shooting is the hardest thing to replicate, obviously. Having said that, having said that, I always felt like the foundation of Murray's leap in the bubble was the conditioning, the shape he was in, and the ease with which he turned corners, blew past guys, finished at the rim. Things that previously in his career looked relatively hard for him for all of his skill. It was like it would there was a gracefulness. It was like, oh, this looks easy. And I think it was the shape he was in. So if he can get back to that shape, I'm gonna say yes. The only thing is I don't know if he'll ever shoot that well again. And that's not a knock on him. It's just I mean he'd be the greatest player ever. <laughs> See, my thing is I, I say yes, and I phrase this very carefully about can he get there? And my thing is I think that we've seen enough to say, yes, he can get back to that level. He does so many different things. Mm -hmm. You're right, the shot making. I mean, he gets unconscious, but we've seen him get unconscious this year and where you're like, I don't know, if he keeps shooting, he'll probably keep scoring. Right now, mm -hmm. he's in that zone. So to me, it's the biggest thing. I didn't know if we would see Murray to, back to the degree that we've seen him so far. So for me, this is a yes. Um, MPJ has fully bought in. Yeah, true. Conclusive, True. I agree with this one. I mean, the way he's playing, it's just I have no – I no longer worry about Michael Porter, like, not trying to do the right thing. Sometimes he doesn't always pull it off, but, like, right. to me, I'm just like, he's rowing in the right direction. Right. Even if he um, has a bad half, I'm like, let me let me see the third before I make a judgment here. Aaron Gordon has figured it out. True. True. It's another easy one. It's another easy. easy one. I mean, he's just dunking things. He fits in perfectly, and just the way – he played two years ago when he first arrived, which was very good, but to where he is now where it's like, oh yeah, he knows that he can do this in his sleep. Like you could blindfold him. He'd probably still give you 10 and 10. Um, KCP is a perfect fit. True. True. There's a lot of stuff we've learned about the Nuggets so far this year. I mean, this isn't a short list and these are not inconsequential things. No, and it, this isn't meant to be a hype cast. I mean, these are honest answers. He's so good defensively in an era when it's virtually impossible to do that, by the way. Like nine guys are allowed to play perimeter defense. It would appear that Pope is one of them. Um, yeah. He does a very good job of of getting involved like with his hands without foul, fouling. I don't know how he does it. He is a demigod from the corners. He's not an ideal option in terms of putting the ball on the floor, but he can do that if he has to. Even the bailout foul line <laughs> mid-range curling off the DHO, like he's he's – and the thing is, someone actually was super producer Kale. We were talking last night about should he shoot more because he shoots so well. And it's like the thing is, none of those are him going out and getting a shot. This is just healthy offense leads to him wide open in a corner and he's hitting them. Yeah. So I don't think you want to change a thing about the way Pope's fit in. I love it. Pope, too. He's got a new nickname, which is just so perfect. Just Kenny Pope. It's the uh, best. Uh, Jokic is better than ever. Yeah, true. 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 Wow. True. This one was tough. I went back and forth on this one. I mean, we haven't had to see it all as much, but I, I yeah. just, Eric Spolster had this great quote where he was asked if Jokic, you know, is this just Jokic getting all of his guys back or is he getting even better? <laughs> and he said, yeah, he probably is getting better. Right. And it, it's a take that we used to have too. Like everyone talks about a guy like Giannis, wait till he comes back next year and he's added X, Y, Z to his bag. Um, and with good reason, Giannis is amazing. 
But why not Jokic? You know, why can't a finesse and touch base player get better every year? Perhaps the biggest reason, and again, I'm borrowing from Spolster now, is over the last two years, he's seen every kind of coverage. And he's seen it with, without, yeah. and now with again his guys. And so I just think you're seeing even the Philly thing, that was the the cause for de- for concern and defeat was it got, it got him a little flustered. But if you give him seven games and he sees that three times, he's going to figure it out. And I think that's the dynamic unfolding. This season for Jokic reminds me so much of LeBron's 2013 season. And that was his most efficient season ever. But he focused on efficiency. Like, it's when he stopped taking threes other than catch and shoot. Mm. If he dribbled, he wasn't taking a three. He was doing all these things. I feel like that's what Jokic is doing. He's very conscious of his efficiency, it seems right now, in that he's shooting less. But he's almost just like, no, I'm only taking these types of shots I want unless it's under these circumstances. And that's why. Does that make him better? Is it? Is he able to do that circumstantially because there's more talent? Probably a little bit of all of this. That's why it's sure. hard. This is why it's the one, if you said inconclusive, I would accept it. But I'll go ahead and go with you for true. All right, I got two more for you. The Nuggets have the best home court advantage in the league. This, my friend, is true. Wow. It's true. It's a uh, I don't know come to ball one. arena at your own risk. Welcome to Denver. You will not enjoy your stay. I My evidence for this is the way teams are approaching that game. When was the last time a team was like, yeah, we'll go for this one? It's, it's a moot point. And having been in the building um, more time, you know, a, a good amount this season, to me, it's as lively as the crowds have been. So I know there's still some elements of Oso Blanco brought it up. Like if they play the Lakers or the Warriors or the Celtics, other fan bases sneak in. Right. But I just think if you're headed to, to Denver to play those guys, you're, you're like, you're probably leaving with an L man. And you know that too. The out, the altitude is obviously always an advantage. The crowds have been incredible. The one thing I will say though, is that I do worry about that first round Lakers matchup. What would that game, what would mm. that series look like? How many Lakers fans would show up if they play the Warriors in the second round? How many Warriors fans show up? And is that different than a place like a Boston yeah. or an LA or, yeah, or some of or even a golden state who has a phenomenal home court advantage? They're not going to be packed with nuggets fans you know, it, for, for those games. So that's the only reason I put this one as inconclusive, inconclusive. to maybe no. So I, I maybe even shade a little bit more towards no, but nonetheless, it's a very, very strong one. All right, last one. No one point. will okay. ever give the Nuggets credit until they win it. This is true. We've always known it. And uh, the best part is that if and when it happens, the moment it happens, we will no longer care about anyone else's credit or validation too once it finally starts coming. Um, it's... This is it. Like you're you you're labeled a certain thing uh, until you break the label, and when you relabel yourselves as champions, you know even the haters have to start couching some of those takes. Um, I think they'll probably be closer to like the way the Bucks are now, which is for as much right. as everyone still yep. fears them. There's still this little shadow of like, well, they can be beaten. And I you're think right, though. Milwaukee know. has the respect of yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but they're still like picked. Right, but they're, but they're beatable. They're flawed when, you know, so are all the other contenders. And I think Denver yeah. would probably enter that class. But again, you can still see the difference between the Bucks and the Nuggets. Once you go out and you get it done, you know, that's the bottom line. All right, let's take a break here. On the other side, we have a very special guest for you. I think you're going to enjoy very much. Uh, we'll have Grace Marlowe on the other side. I'm enjoying this two-man game. We can only hope to hold a candle in comparison to Colorado's elite two-man game. Bacchus and Shanker, when you get hurt, 
Backus and Shanker are there to help. Jokic and Murray win on the court. Adam and I try to win on this podcast. They win for Colorado families, families who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're not going to take your money until they make you money, and they make you money. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. They've got locations all over Colorado and Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. And it's not just Backus and Schenker as great as they are. There's manpower. They got more than 30 lawyers and 100 people on staff to give you the attention and resources you need. All kinds of accidents where you weren't at fault, Backus and Schenker want to help. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride sharing, pedestrians, trucks, even if you're injured at work. All you need to know is the number two. Dial 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free with Backus and Schenker. Let's also talk about our friends at Illegal Pete's, which is just a great place to stop by with your buds, with the fellas, with the ladies. Get some margs, get some queso, maybe a little stirred bowl, however you do it at Illegal Pete's. Don't, don't stir. Don't stir. Don't stir. Uh, just do it with some friends. Right now you can grab a margarita at one of their 12 locations across Colorado and Arizona. Happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m., Every day. So if I'm doing my math right here, Adam, you can just chill and watch the DNBA show from two to three, immediately stand up and head straight to your nearest illegal peeps. Enjoy some marks. What a treat. I love it. All right. Back here. Segment two, DNBR Nuggets podcast. And now we welcome in a very special guest, the meme queen of Denver Nuggets <laughs> and wow. the daughter of Chris Marlowe. It is Grace Marlowe. Grace, thank you so much for joining Thank you for having me. This is like a dream come true. I'm driving. I'm pretty sure my entire family is watching this. So no oh, pressure no. to anyone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shouts to the Marlowe family. Hello. Um, yeah, we're excited to have you on. I think it was, I was sitting here thinking about how to introduce you when you came on. And I think the the meme queen of Nuggets Twitter, I, I think you doing? actually have that title. You're that always is... posting hilarious stuff. I, I thank you so much. I feel like there are many great Nuggets fans out there, and I'm honored to be yeah. among them. Um, we have a really fun and funny team, yeah. so it kind of generates its own content. But um, as you can see, it kind of runs in the family. So <laughs> I was kind of shocked to find so much of an audience for me posting ridiculous takes about the Nuggets, even as like I will fully admit, I don't know everything about basketball. I will be the first to cop to that. But, like, I, I love watching either. the Nuggets. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but it's just uh, – it's a fun way for me to watch along with the games. And I, I love this team so much. Um, and it's fun to, like, rag on the Lakers and have a 1,000 people <laughs> retweet it. That feels great. <laughs> you're in L.A., though, right? I Are am you? in L.A. Okay. So how is that? If you're, if you're ragging on – do you have a lot of Lakers friends? I have a decent amount. My own brother-in-law is a Lakers fan, which oh, is man. like That's tough. really hard to deal with on a day-to-day basis. But it's funny. I actually, um, my dad obviously grew up in LA and we, right. I was born in LA and then lived in California until I was eight. And my dad got the Nuggets job and that was when we moved to Denver. So yeah. before then I was kind of a casual Lakers fan. But then once you, you know, get into the organization, I was like, from that point on, I was like diehard Nuggets. And so my biggest issue just with Lakers fans is they always hit the same points over and over again oh, and they're man. constantly covered. And so you just can't escape it. So it's pretty easy to poke holes in the arguments, but there are just so many of them, man. They're everywhere. They so just pop out of the woodwork. It's like termites. When you find one, <laughs> there are more in the walls and they just congregate. But um, shout out to my brother-in-law, Sam, who is great. But- <laughs> just call your brother-in-law, yeah. Uh, He's a bit termite. of a termite, but we like him. You know, we like him. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, I have some calibration questions. This is your first time on the show. Yeah. Yes. And so we have some calibration just to see if you're in the club or not. And okay. these questions are, you know, they're just to get to know you a little bit here. Okay. Our first one, there's no wrong answer, although we will judge you for them. Right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, that is a good question. Um, man, all the like very rote ones are coming to mind and not any of, of like the fun and weird, you know, DC universe ones. But I do feel like um, I hate being away from my family that still lives in Denver. Obviously, my dad is still in Denver with my mom and my grandma. And I would love to be able to teleport and just be able to just teleport like that. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be teleport more judgmental? into a courtside seat at, at Ballroom? <laughs> there you go. Teleport back there to my go. house. <laughs> Talk a little trash, just disappear. Nobody can get you. Wouldn't that be here. amazing? Oh my God. The cops would be like, oh. <laughs> there she is again. Furious. Oh, <laughs> Furious. All right. Would you rather go 50 years in the past or 50 years in the future? Uh, 50 years into the future because. Things keep getting incrementally better for women. I don't think I really want to turn that dial back. That's a good point. I was going to say, this is actually an easy answer for some. Very easy yes. answer, right. Yes. And then Although the last I will one. say, 50, God, I guess 50 years in the past, I'm thinking that's like the 1950s, but that's literally the 1970s. Yeah, we're all So my out. hair would have been like a hit. So maybe I need to reconsider. I was actually doing this and I was going to say 30 years and I was like, my God, that's not, that's 1990. <laughs> it's the 90s. Like, this is weird. I remember that time. Uh, all right. The last one. Dogs, cats, or neither? Okay. Grew up with dogs. Only had dogs. My dad says he's allergic to cats. I think that's a lie. Um, he's <laughs> perpetuated that since I was a child so that we wouldn't get a cat. Um, I've recently been introduced to some very nice cats. And so I'm kind of coming into the both camp. But I definitely lean dogs because I like to do active activities. Um, I'm not going to lie. The first two were just a setup. You're in the club. It was really just the club. a dog's question. You get She's that one club. right, you get to be in the club. Um, all right, so I want to ask this. Where is yeah. your level of fan? Because you were talking about now you're really into it. But yeah. we, and I think most of the people that are watching this, would probably classify ourselves as obsessed. Would yeah. you say you are in the obsessed category? I think I've gotten there maybe not as recently as I think, but certainly during the pandemic, I was – maybe only living for Denver Nuggets <laughs> bubble games <laughs> to like a concerning degree. Yeah. Um, I have always, and this is kind of maybe more backstory than you wanted, but like, it's just me and my sister where my dad's two daughters. He's obviously such a huge sports person and personality that when we were kids, it was like constant, you know, knowledge trickling down. And he would quiz me like, Hey, can you name five players on what were then the New Jersey Nets? And like, I would rattle those off and it was what, it was a game, like a really? child game. Yeah. I would get quizzed. And so we would uh, go through. Carrie so Kittles, Richard having... Jefferson. Oh, sorry, oh my God. God. Sort of <laughs> um, it's cool. You had to have your moment and now it's back to meet your guest. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, we, um, we always kind of built up that, like the fandom was always there. And then it was kind of just a question of me having like the time and energy to get right. into it. But it also helped to get back to a good Nuggets team. I think mm -hmm. that the Jokic sure. era kind of also reintroduced me to it because, man, the Brian Shaw years were bad. Um, and and I'm sure you guys experienced this when you work or someone in your family works closely with the team. It's like a real depression 
when when they're doing right. badly. It is like a malaise that settles over your house. So <laughs> it's hilarious. in the recent years, it's just been a lot easier to, yeah. to stay tuned, like tuned into the team and like really embrace because they do feel like even when they struggle, they're improving and they're building. Right. And so uh, I think in the last couple of years, I'm at the point where it's like, my boyfriend knows that if I'm like, yeah, there's a Nuggets game that I will be sitting and watching the whole Nuggets game and he will not right. be expecting anything of me during that time. I, I love it. So there's like no plans. He's like, hey, uh, I, you know, we got dinner over here. You're like, oh, no, no, no. The Nuggets are playing. Yeah, I've been at like work drinks where I'm leaning to watch the game on the screen because I'm like, right. how did I screw this up and schedule this at the same time? It's there like, you go. Really what about next step, next step is we just need you to clear the schedule for the post game lounges as well. That's right. Yeah. That's Let your right. boyfriend Guys. know it's another hour. It's another hour. Guys, another... I'm I'm there. there. I'm there. Love it. There you go. What about this? Do you ever get, like text your dad questions? Like he's given you trivia. Are you ever asking him like, hey, what's going on here with this thing? Or hey, I have an idea. A hundred percent. We actually have a very active family group chat. It's okay. not just me and my dad. It's me yeah. and my dad and my mom and my sister. And so it's constantly like before every game, we get like a selfie from the arena. We get like yeah. a tie ensemble pick that everybody <laughs> kind of rates, gives their feedback on. Um, but we're all big, like my sister and my my mom actually both played basketball. I'm mm. hilariously the one who didn't. Okay. So we all have like a lot of opinions and thoughts and questions about the Nuggets. And we do have a great inside scoop. <laughs> A lot of the time it's like, this stays here, but here's what's going on, right. which is really fun for me. Um, but yeah, we're often like, we'll text him stuff about like, hey, like you should talk about this on like pregame show. Like right. you should bring this up. This player just did this. He, I'm on Reddit all the time because <laughs> of course I am. Um, so I like will send him links to stuff and be like, this is hilarious. So you should check this out. Yeah. So we stay very, uh, very in tune. You That's know what's going to happen? Well, because Altitude is one of the hippest, like online, like online, yeah. plugged in broadcast. Whoever's running there. their Instagram has really stepped it up and their yeah. Twitter. Well, um, I, it's you and Katie probably are what's keeping, <laughs> keeping it all informed. Dude, can't speak highly enough of Katie. Her social media is so brilliant. Um, and yeah. she like, I, I personally can't get on TikTok because I know it'll be the end of anything productive I ever do. It's so um, true. But her stuff is so great. And I feel like she's really pulling an audience that like, I love that my dad doesn't have more social media because he embarrasses me enough on Twitter, but I'm so glad that she's like reaching more people. Right. What What's sneaky is happening right now, Vote, is that all the stuff that we've credited Chris, his witty, you know, one-liners yeah. and all of his good insight and his good, his dress, he's always the best dressed person at, at Ball Arena. Yeah. It's actually Grace. Yeah. You know, we're crediting Chris, but it really we're finding out this is all Grace's fault. You know, it's so thing, nice that the truth has finally come out. You know, <laughs> it's a exactly. bit of burden. In all seriousness, my daughter, my my eight year old daughter, my oldest daughter, yeah. has such an incredible sense of style. At eight years old, she lays out her outfits yeah. every single day, and I can't wait till she's old enough to dress me. I know it's coming. I got another well, like five years, and she'll have you. Um, another bonding thing for me and my dad was he would let me pick out his ties. Is that so true? Like, oh, this is this yeah. is too perfect. Yeah, no, um, I was, he loves getting like us involved. He's a great, like would always have us involved in stuff like that. But that's awesome. yeah, that man has like 200, 300 ties more. <laughs> I believe it. I don't think I've ever seen the yeah. same one. He showed me one time that he lays out like every suit for the entire season. Like when the schedule and takes, and takes out, photos. 
That's crazy. That's and it. takes photos. Yeah, it's show. it's extensive, but it's also like it's funny. I always I took my my boyfriend and I went shopping before we went to a wedding, and he was like looking at dress shirts, and everything I pulled was like the most expensive thing because I'm so used to shopping with my dad, and he was like, "Your dad's on TV." <laughs> I am going to a wedding. <laughs> right. So I had to be like, I'm Different. really sorry. Like, yeah. this is terrible and expensive. Do you have a favorite Marlowism? I mean, he's got so many of them. Yes. And I actually talked to my sister about this before I jumped on because I was like, what's your favorite? And we both had the same one, which is um, Since Hector Was a Pup. Yeah. Both of our, both of our favorites. Go. Bunny Hop in the Pea Patch is great. Um, God, we're terrible. I make fun of him for the things that he has said that aren't right. <laughs> One time, this is like 10 years ago, probably. One time he said, like, he really hit the head of the nail on that one. And we gave him crap for that for like months, years, apparently. Um, one time he said, George Carl's Nuggets. That was, that was <laughs> the best day of my life, probably. I'm going to get an angry text in like three seconds. <laughs> That's too good. He does have a lot of really yeah. good ones. And you're right, though. The the screw-ups are almost the best ones, like not just for him, but for anybody. I do this like once yeah. a day. I'll screw up a saying. You yeah. Know, that almost makes it funnier. Um, yeah. I like the Bruce is loose. He's had that one lately. Yeah. That's like That's a new good. one. We keep joking yeah. that it sounds like silly goose, silly Bruce. Adorable. <laughs> it's a little Love adorable. That. And then yeah. Pandemonium. He had the great, great call, the Pandemonium at Pepsi, the Center. Pepsi Center. Yeah. He's going to have to find a new one for Ball Arena, I think. I know. All right. What about you Bonanza. personally? If you had a catchphrase. So I have one. Ball is popping. And I always love whenever okay. Katie or, or Chris or, or, or somebody uses it on the broadcast. Vote. his. What, what's yours vote? What a treat. <laughs> what a treat. It's a I great like catchphrase. What, what would yours be? God, that is a really good question. You got to start having one that just you use in, in everyday life. Yeah, no kidding. God, I'm like drawing such an aggressive blank on this, and it, which is dumb because I feel like sometimes I tweet the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, that's the key, though. That is the key. You get a meme you keep coming back to. You, it's so you, true. You could come back to that one. Maybe, maybe you could brainstorm like it. To. You could share it. Yes. I do know that you were brainstorming some Thomas Bryant nicknames. Yes. How's that going? So Thomas the Tank made it into the rotation. I think okay. it was accurate for his play last night. The alleys yeah. were great. He's bulldozing. Love that. Some pink um, to him. He does. Yeah. I got some pushback on Tom Bombadil for all real Lord <laughs> I, of the Ring fans. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought that was awesome. But I, yeah, I don't someone know was like, would like that someone one. was like, that would mean that he had no bearing on the team whatsoever. And I was like, whoa, real Tolkien heads are in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly I love. Um, I just was thinking of things that were TB and I was like, oh, yeah. Tom Bombadil. Um I actually have to credit my sister who came up with a really great one is you could do uh, Major Tom oh, and then okay. you could do ball control to Major Tom. Oh my God. All right. Which well, that's really so, good. That, 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 I'm hang sold. On. That one and now really everyone good. knows that I steal my best content. Oh, but well, that's okay. When, when I tweet this from DMVR Nuggets, remember. Yes. We're all <laughs> exactly. When you get my sister on instead of me because you <laughs> the real brains is. Yeah. And then, so you're on Reddit. You're on Twitter, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I lurk on the Reddit. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah, because if I comment, if I go too hard, people <laughs> will know, and then they'll see my comment history, and then they'll oh, know. Yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm fully, fully lurking. I do not give myself away. You're going to screw but up Twitter, one time, and everyone's going to solve it. 
oh god i keep waiting for the day somebody <laughs> will be like <laughs> all right so if you're on all these places one of the cool things about the nuggets fan base like online fan base is there's all these different words and phrases we've come up with over the years so we're going to have yeah. a list and i'm going to have you rank the ones that you think are your favorite you're going to just kind of say yeah. you know where you slot them in and the first one i'm going to give you is rage timeout rage timeout we all know what this okay. is yeah so Michael that's Malone the first one i guess you could just kind of, is that like really high really low do you just kind of want to where do you want to slot it in for i think now? it's going in the middle i want to put that five okay number five i like the rage timeout it so perfectly describes malone's energy when he it really does but there. i know the bangers are coming yeah uh sambor shuffle oh like at least number two i think that sits at number one right now that might like, be number one the sambor shuffle it might be number so one yeah, and it's also so emblematic of like like nobody else has anything even in that arena. Right. Like it, it does kind of codify him as like a player with a shot, which I think he is. I love it. A porter quarter. Oh, I like porter quarter. Porter quarter will do like a number uh, six. Number oh, it's behind rage timeout. I think so, because it's good wordplay, but I don't know. It's like Murray Flurry is going to be in there, and it's going to be higher. Like we wow. all know that, right? All right, let's do it. Fair Murray enough. Flurry. So it's it's clearly higher than a Porter. I think Porter Quarter is almost funnier to say. Do you? God, I love Murray Flurry though because you also get kind of the homage to Denver with the snow flurries. So I'm going to put that at four. It's also you, official. A it's like canon in Nuggets Land. They you, they run it at Ball Arena. Yeah. Stuff, so it's yeah. yeah. It's great. It's one of those things that's like taken on its own lore. I think Porter Quarter will get there, but he's just been out so much. Right. That's <laughs> but, that's right. good. Not enough yeah. Porter Quarters. None. Munder. I want, I want six more Porter Quarters. Munder is two. Munder is two. It's very no, Munder is two. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like also Munder was kind of the first thing that like Katie dragged from Reddit over yep. to like the yep. mainstream, and so I think it has like it in the lore. In the lore, it's important. Yeah. I also love that Munder will never break outside of the Nuggets. Like you don't yes, hear the Clippers 100%. talking about it. It's just like you know, it's our thing. No. no. Uh, yeah, Mike. Oh, yeah, Mike is so good. I I really screwed myself here because I've left no room. You can um, you can leave room. You can move them down. Can, it's okay. I know I can. I know I can move them, but I'm gonna look like a hypocrite. But three for sure, especially <laughs> because they've started doing the Finding Nemo yeah Mikes in the in <laughs> the post game. So God, it's so funny. And he Why? seems like he's having, like, he, he loves it. He, yeah. he makes him happy. <clears throat> what about Brown Town? Okay. We're like B R A U N, right? Correct. That's right. T A U N. How many slots do I have? You have three left or four left, maybe. What's the last one? <laughs> We've got three more. I've got three more. Oh, no, I've got four more for you. I've got four. Okay. More. Ten is for That's Brown Town. Last. Yes. And of Brown Town. Um, oh god just the way that town is spelled like makes my skin crawl i have <laughs> I'm, i've been a good speller for a long time and i know that, that i know why it's spelled that way but i love that that's why um yeah. dunkel dunkel jeff let's give that a solid seven okay solid seven. i think it's pretty funny i like dunking uncle better but dunkel seems to be more popular uh uncle is hilarious i'll put moch at eight okay I do like, I do like Moch. It's so described so perfectly. 
it really does. And then for some reason, I get scared that he's going to get angry about it. Like, he yeah. did when he got called Mike. <laughs> so, <Totally>. out of <laughs> fear, I'm going to put it in number eight. Me too. I'm terrified uh, of calling him Moach by accident in a press. Right? I feel like I'm this yeah. close. Yeah. And then the last one for you, a Sombor double. Oh, okay. We're going to have to shift a lot. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to push everything down from – it's either from Murray Flurry or from Rage Timeout. Okay. From I'm going to put that at five. Sombor at five. At five. Yeah. Okay, so it passes Rage Timeout. Yes. This is interesting. Sambor shuffle number one, Munder number two. That yes. was a real upset. Yeah, Mike, Murray Flurry, and then Sambor double. I like yeah. it. Grace, yeah, you're a I fantastic think... guest. Thank you. I'm honored. You, you, we learned a lot. We now know not to give Chris Marlowe credit for anything he does that's good. That's right. That's that so, so true and yet so not true because he puts so much work into every season and like – it's, it takes a village, but it also takes the person. The so. Marlowe. The Marlo. he, he really is the best, as are you, the queen of memes for Denver Nuggets Twitter. This, we have to have you back on. You were too good. So this fun. was too great. Yeah. You're, you're I a friend would love of the to. Uh, that is the best thing I've ever heard. And also, I uh, love speaking about the Nuggets and myself and everything in between. So I will come on anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, so great break. to finally meet you guys. You too, Grace. Go Let ahead. us know Go when ahead. you're in Colorado. You can come by the bar. I literally am going to be home this weekend. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. incredible. Well, let us know. No, I'll shoot you guys a message. Okay, okay. Awesome. sounds good, Grace. Yeah. Take On care. the other side, we're going to get into the straw poll, ESPN straw poll, Nikola Jokic. Surprise, surprise. He's back to number one. We'll do all of that on the other side. Sex ed's important. Not everyone gets that, especially men. How about sexual health care? Uh, men, don't forget... This applies to you too. If you want a better sex life, but you've got some symptoms that are getting in the way, you're not alone. Up to 50% of men have those symptoms. But Roman is here to help Digital Health Clinic for Men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve main, and maintain uh, what you need to do to do what you want to do. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goal, goals, go to ro.co slash dnvr to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash dnvr. Fellas, take care of yourselves. Get yourselves looked after. Uh, those resources are available to you, whether you knew it or not. So check out Roman and use code dnvr to get 20% off that first order. Adam, DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook. They've got a bunch of, uh, of deals right now for existing customers, like no sweat, same game parlays. Also new customers who can get up to $200 in free bets when they place a bet instantly now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code DNVR. But let's also get a pick of the week going. You know what I mean? Like we're here oh to my. help people make money. I can't uh, wait for this one. Let's bet on the three-point contest. And unfortunately, it looks like there are no Denver Nuggets to bet on, Adam. So I'm going to have to go – I can't. I'll have to ditch favoritism, and I'll have to go with the uh, – with the value play here, give me Jason Tatum to win the three-point contest. I like this. <laughs> this is so, in you don't really believe that. There's no way you're actually telling people that. Your DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Jason Tatum to win the three-point contest. That's my pick. <laughs> Back here, segment three, DMVR Nuggets podcast. So the straw poll came out today. I hate straw poll day, but 
when we look at it, Nikola Jokic dominates this poll. He received 100 out of 100 votes, so 100 people voted for him in some capacity. In fact, 100% of people voted him in the top four. Nobody even left him fifth, and nobody left him off of their ballots. The only player that can say that. Uh, Joel Embiid had 100 votes as well, but he had seven fifth-place votes. Mm. Yannick had 97 votes total, so three people somehow left him off. That's, like, ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. Um but it's a commanding lead. I mean, when you look at the 77 first place votes, only 23 for somebody else. Vote, what do you make of this? The thing is, this is an even bigger gap than it looks just by the yoke numbers and votes. <clears throat> Excuse me, because look at how they're cannibalizing each other for the second spot. There's no consensus on how yeah. folks should play out after that. You know, Giannis, I think, really deserves to be there. And yet it's still kind of surprising to see him beat all the way down at three with the season he's had Luca all the way down at five. And I just think, you know, probably Luca is out of this conversation, but Giannis, Joel, Jason, they're going to take votes away from each other. And so for Yo to have this big of a lead, you have to think a lot of it is built on the team's success, his triple double high efficiency, but they're the one seed in the West. That's not going anywhere. I think knock on all the wood I can find, it would take missing a lot of games for there to be some substantial change. My final note, my final note, Adam, Shout out to the guy who voted him fourth or gal or gal. Just, me. just one person. You're right. Just one person. I mean, if you look at this though, I can't do the, like, how could you on this one? Because I mean, Giannis got 14th, fourth, fourth and five, ninth or fifth or nine, fifth, and then three off the ballot. Like of all the people, Jokic is the least disrespected. Totally. No, there's no, no doubt. No matter how you look at it. There's no doubt. That being said, I am a little uncomfortable with how much this straw poll seems to like bring everybody to the same conclusions. I mean, first of all, it's a it's now a five man race. I actually think it's a three man race. Yeah, I think it's Jokic, uh, Giannis, and Embiid. I do too. Tatum is kind of hovering close to Embiid, which is a little surprising to me. But if you look at like John Morant is sixth, he got zero first, second, or third place vote. So this field has narrowed itself down. Um, but I do feel like there's a little bit of conformity there. And then, of course, today, everybody kind of gets up in arms about it. Here's the thing. Everybody says Jokic only wins because of these advanced stats, and he only leads in the advanced stats because, and then they have different reasons. The advanced metrics, they overvalue rebounds. They overvalue assists when they come from a center. They uh, overvalue steals. They overvalue the on-off, and the Nuggets play with a lot of starters at the same time, and it messes with the numbers. All of these things are somewhat true. Those things do affect, you know, box plus minus and some of these other stats. They do affect it. But it's crazy to me that people think that's the reason he's the MVP. So first of all, let's go through these stats together that I've laid out. In box plus minus, he is number one. He's got 13.2. Luca's at 10.3. Commanding lead. By the way, if we look at the box plus minus from history, there's no mistakes. Like, it's all the best players. People's argument is that Jokic is the only player in history who has somehow made a mistake. This thing gets every player right except for Jokic. Then you go over to win shares, 11.3 for Jokic. The next closest is Shea with 8.9, commanding lead. PER, 31.8. Next closest, Embiid, 30.6, commanding lead. EPM, which most of the like analytics people seem to like the most, 8.5 for Jokic. Lucas second, 7.3. So it's not just a little lead vote. It's a commanding lead in those. But here's where it gets interesting. Let's throw those out. Those are dork numbers, right? Those are nerd numbers. Nuggets have the number one offense in the NBA. Correct. 
on pace to have a number one of all time. Yep. Or at least be in the in the fight for that. The Nuggets are the number one seed in the West Correct. by a wide margin, by five games going into the All-Star break. Let's keep going down the list here. Murray and Porter were coming back from injury. If you look at the Nuggets season, they were okay for the first 25 games and then have been phenomenal since. And it makes sense. Once they, I know some people have said, oh, well, Giannis has had to play without guys. It's very clear that Murray and Porter took some time to get back, especially Murray. So let's factor that part in. And Denver's still way up there. The Nuggets are 38 and 12 with Jokic in the lineup. I saw some people say, you know, the, the X team has same record. The, the Nuggets are actually better when Jokic plays. The games that he's missed are part of what have dragged down their record from what it is overall. You with me so far? Yeah, you're making a convincing argument. <laughs> the Nuggets are plus 10.4 points per game with Jokic on the court. That's not net rating. That's just per game. Jokic is giving you a 10-point cushion from the minutes when he goes to the bench. That's best in the NBA by a very wide margin. He's plus 531 overall on the season. <laughs> He is the only player in the NBA vote who is plus 500 or better. He is one of three players who is plus 400 or better, the other two being KCP and Aaron Gordon. And he is one of seven players. He's plus 531. One of seven players that's plus 300 or better. He, When we talk about stats, like people want nerd numbers, this or that, do you win the minutes when you're on the court? Is the That's the name of the game on basketball. Jokic has won his by almost twice as many as every other player in the NBA, save for like 10. Man, you just made such a thorough and like bulletproof case, which I applaud and appreciate and even feel like it's not even necessary. Like oh, I've, for, got, I've got keep more. Going. Keep going if you no, want. Keep, I want to hear what you're saying, but I've got way more. I think everything you're saying is relevant, you know, puts it in context and, and like the plus minus thing, when you're comparing it to the whole league this deep into the season, it's not like as noisy as single game plus minus is, as you just spent time articulating. It's about as revealing as it gets. They, they win the Jokic minutes by as much as anyone wins minutes. I mean, they're they're that good. But what I was going to say is you could make this argument on first take. Nuggets are the first team in the West. Jokic is averaging a triple-double. They're undefeated when he aver- when he records a triple-double. And he's right. the most efficient high-volume scorer in the league. Those are not... those. <laughs> Those are not like niche nerd arguments. That's right. that's the ESPN argument. Well, we're getting to some more fun fun stuff here. <clears throat> so he has a net positive in two-man lineups, two-man combos with every player on the Nuggets roster. So this idea of like, well, yeah, but he gets to play with this and this guy. Every single player on the roster is a positive when they share the court, even Bones Highland this year, who's like a minus eight uh, on the year, but he's plus when he plays with Jokic. He's, the Nuggets are number two in defensive rating in the clutch this season. By a wide margin. They've won a lot of games in the clutch this year because their fourth quarter in clutch defense has been fantastic. The number one, Nuggets are number one in net rating in the clutch by six points per 100 possessions. They are plus 19 net rating in the clutch this year. They When they have their guys, they dominate. By the way, four or five of those games in the clutch have come without Jamal Murray. But when they have Jamal Murray, it's like curtains. You sure. get to the clutch time, you're probably going to win. The Nuggets are 19 and 10 against teams 500 or better. That's the third best record in the NBA one fewer than than the Boston Celtics. Um, so 19, 19 wins against 500 or better. And then here's the, the part. He's averaging a triple-double, which, again, we didn't think we would see until Russell Westbrook did it. But it's the first time he's doing it on 50% shooting. By the way, he's shooting 60%, but it's the first time it's been done on 50% shooting. Now, here's another crazy thing. He has the best true shooting percentage in the history of the NBA 
for any player to score 20 points or more per game. He's scoring 25 per game. The most efficient 20-point-per-game scoring season ever, also on a triple-double season. And just in case you think any of this is empty stats, the Nuggets are 21-0 and when he, shoot, when he has a triple-double. So I look at all of those things and I say, you don't need to look at the advanced data. The per-game data is incredible. The team data is incredible. The on-off data is incredible. That he can share the court with literally any combination of players and be a massive positive and raise all of them up. You're getting career years from almost every new player to this roster who have had long careers, by the way, Bruce Brown, KCP. Uh, these guys have played other places. They come here, all of a sudden they're having career years. What a coincidence. I think that to me, it's wild that people think that this is a catch-all metrics thing for Jokic. Any way you slice it, Jokic comes out shining. At the very least, he should be right in the hunt of the conversation, if not the absolute favorite. That's just the... It's not... <clears throat> when the season started, I think even Nuggets fans were like, look, I don't think he's going to get it. Not Some of us were saying, I'm not sure if he need if I want him to get it. You know? Right. We all posited that the voters probably didn't want to give it to him again. Um, what were the exceptions we laid out? Maybe if they're the one seed and he's averaging a triple-double and his efficiency numbers are even better. Maybe, maybe. Well, the pipe dream is here, Adam. All of those things are true. So We do it every year, man, where we say, like, what would be the craziest thing Jokic could do this year? And it really was average a triple-double. But average a triple-double on better, on his best career efficiency while making the number one offense of all time is just like, come on, nobody saw that. If we would have said that at the start, it would have been like, we're setting the bar too high. Yet here we are. Here's what I'll say, though. As much as I can agree with him being in the case, Giannis is a great player, and Embiid's a great player. And, you know, like I'm one of these people that says we shouldn't call it early, and I want people to be able to have different perspectives yeah. and different yeah. ideas. I don't want this to become homogenous because of straw polls like this. But here's what I'll say. The Nuggets play the Bucks on March 25th. That's very near the end of the season. And they follow that up with the 76ers on March 27th. I think those two games are going to determine the MVP. The same way that last year, Denver beating Philadelphia in Philadelphia with Jokic having that great fourth quarter, to me, that's what happened. That's what solidified it. Like, okay, well, then that means Jokic's the MVP. Those two games to me, it's close enough that my suspicion is that week will determine who the MVP is in the NBA. My only counter is what I led with, which is that I think some of those guys are so bunched together. Like there's not a ton of, you can see them cannibalizing each other, but I'm with you that that's the week where like some real narrative shift could happen. I mean, if Embiid dominates from here to the end of the season and he does it to Jokic again, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, there's no argument. You know? Um, I mean, right. I think Jokic has had a better season, but it's, uh, you know, and the and Giannis too, I really, we've been so defensive of Jokic, you know, for so long. Initially, it was the respect thing. I don't ever want it to seem like, man, it, I think there are two best players in the world right now. I think one is, I think Jokic is one and Giannis is two. If someone comes up to me and says Giannis is one, I'm not getting fired up about it, man. Right. You know, like right. he has earned it. He has earned it. He has been incredible. So I'm all for, like you said, like the season's not over. And I don't want it to just be a hive mind thing where it's decided by February every year. I think Giannis and Embiid have had tremendous seasons, but we can't kid ourselves. We set some pipe dream fairy tale criteria for Jokic, and he's smashing it. So I want to see. Uh, I I think it's cool if it comes down to those games. I just I don't mind there being stakes for a regular season game where it's like, no, this means something outside of just the win loss. This means a little something for hey. 
you're going up against another great player and yeah, yeah. let's see how you guys stack up. And I just think it'll be really cool. Um, all right. One class last mini break. And then on the other side, we're just going to send you off into all-star weekend with a quick three point shooting prediction. All right. Let's talk about our friends at game time. We've talked about it a lot. The best show in Denver right now are the Denver nuggets playing in ball arena, whether it's the nuggets though, that float your boat concerts as anything going on in this great city, you're going to want to get great tickets and great seats with game time, the hottest new ticketing app, the best way to support DNVR. If you love us, one of the best ways is to support us by buying your tickets through the link in the description. That description is on the YouTube description. It's in your pod description as well. If you do, you'll join over 15 million people who have downloaded this game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Look, sometimes people with the best seats in the house can't make it. They don't know that till the last second. Sometimes you want to go see the Nuggets. You and your boys haven't decided that to the last second. Or ladies, fellas, you hop on game time, you find the best seats, and you pay the best prices. Boom. You're in ball arena watching Jokic dominate. Boom. It is All-Star Weekend here. We were going to talk about the dunk contest, but we're out of time. We'll just say that the dunk contest to me is like, honest to God, I'm going up to the mountains this weekend. I'm going get to get away with the family. Kids are off school tomorrow. So nice little three-day weekend. I am not going to go out of my way to watch that dunk contest. Like if we're doing other stuff and things are going on, I want to see the three-point competition, but that dunk contest to me is so horribly boring. Unspeakably boring. I don't even I there's nothing I care about. Well, for me, it's a bit like uh kind of like talk show culture a little bit. Like it's in the modern era, I don't really know how much power the event has anymore without the big names. Because okay, let's say these some of these guys throw down some of the dopest dunks you ever see in a vacuum. I will see it tomorrow on Twitter. I'll see those clips or the next day. I'll see those clips, they'll be around. I don't have to tune in to the event. I might tune into the event if I care about who beats who, you know, if it were, I don't know, LeBron versus Gordon versus. I, That's the thing know. is if it was actual people doing this, I had this take earlier today on a radio hit I did, and I kind of came up with it on the fly, but I like it. The two faces of the NBA over the last 15 years, who are they? LeBron, Steph. Which the dunk contest or the three point contest, which one's more popular? Dunk contest. Is more popular than the three-point contest? Uh, I think, I mean, not anymore, but I think it's This still is what I'm saying, though, is I feel like, like there is this shift towards the yeah. three, this being the era where now we're like this. And I don't think it has to be this way. Some people are like, there's no more new dunks, this or that. What there is is new technology. The problem is it's almost, and we've had good years, by the way. Like everybody remembers Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. That meant something. That was fun. There was this or that. I think the dunk contest died because mm -hmm. players, for whatever reason, just stopped caring about it. And if they stopped caring about it, then we get Mac McClung and Trey Murphy going up against each other, and Jericho Sims, who are, by the way, athletic people. But it's just who cares? We don't want to see the most athletic G-leaguers going at this. You want to see, like, the big-name players. You want to see Zion. You wanted totally. to see the LeBrons in the day. You wanted to see those guys. So to me, I hope that we get a generation of players coming through soon who say, you know what, let's bring it back. Because Steph has had that impact on the three-point competition. It was never as cool as it is now when you're like, hold on. I actually want to see these guys go up against each other as shooters. Yeah. And that's where we are. My only point was that I think people want to care about the dunk contest more. Right. right. So if it's it's still the marquee event, should people sign up as you 
We have better cameras and everything too. Like I feel like in f- photos and stuff, I just feel like we could make some really cool content out of great dunks. You know, the photos that you get from the dunk contest now are all time. It's just, right. it's Mac McClung. And you're like, well, that's an all time photo of Mac McClung. I guess I don't need that. Um, do you have a prediction here? I know you just said, so we got Lillard, Tatum, Herder, Hero, Halliburton, Heald, Randall, Markinen. Yeah. Give me your, de- like top four. I was definitely joking with Tatum, although he absolutely could mess around and win it. Uh, I like I like Dame. I sneaky like Kevin Herter in this. I'm Tyrese wondering... Halliburton's an interesting one because his shot's so gro- goofy looking. It's hard to imagine that being a three-point contest shot. Julius man... Randall is in this so tough. And that's like <laughs> that's actually hilarious. That's the one I want to watch the most. And then win. This is kind of the win take. Like a small part of me wants to say Buddy Healed, but then he's in it every year, and it's not like he's burning it down. So I don't know. I mean, I'm curious about Tyler Hero as well. Like some of these guys, Hero's kind of. I mean, I know he's such a talented shooter, but it's this microwave kind of scoring ability. I wonder yeah. how that translates to just rack shooting. I don't know. I, I'm gonna go with Dame. I'm gonna go with Dame. Yeah, I'll go with Dame too. He's on a heater this year, and his team keeps losing. It's the weirdest thing. Um, lastly. LeBron, I have a theory for who he's going to pick number one in the draft. Mm. I think he's going to take Luka Doncic. This is my prediction. I wonder if he's not sort of buttering Luka up a little Mm. bit. Just kind of working Luka. What do you mean? I just wonder if there's a little bit of he looks over there and goes, man, wouldn't mind playing with him. <laughs> Guy seems pretty good. I might want to try to get Luke on. I think there's I probably just, a lot of that. I listen into my favorite uh, NBA national podcast, uh, Basketball Illuminati, and they just had the theory. They and I, I they kind of convinced me of it that he's going to go there. Jokic, though, first of all, they're making this a schoolyard pick right before. I'm told that's not how it's going to be, that this is going to be an act, a facade. Yeah. It will appear as though they're picking teams, but they actually will have been named. I mean, how would they have come up with jerseys and everything and all of that stuff? Where do you think, Yoko, weird prediction where he goes? There's going to be eight picks, two captains, eight starters. Where does he go? Giannis is the other captain, right? I believe so. Three or four? Not last. Not last. Not Top like half. Him. He's two time, man. Like Giannis will take him. Giannis, I think Giannis will take him in more like the first three rounds of picks. I don't know. I'm gonna say he goes fifth. Okay. I think he goes fifth, the fifth pick. That's the only thing in this whole weekend I care about. Where does Jokic get picked? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to think. Jan- the thing is, it's not like if you're picking to win the game, you really shouldn't pick Jokic. Not that's not a knock on Jokic. It's just the way the All Star game works. Yeah, that's um, true. But you I don't think see. there's any chance he brings it this time? I think there's a small chance. Man. I don't even think it's up to him. Like, what does that look like? Hey, guys, get me the ball in the post. Like, it's the No, sport. he'll get the ball. He'll touch it. And it's just, does he just, like, look around, like, who wants this? Or does he, like, hey, let me go post up so-and-so here. Or let me yeah. shoot a Sombor shuffle on someone. I, I, I like your take that it was very fun and charming to see Jokic in the All-Star game the first couple of times. But it'd be cool if he starts appra- approaching it, like, you know, all right, dude. All right. Like I am one of the best players out here. And honestly, and I don't want to put too much on him, but it does matter. It matters because he is a representative of the Denver Nuggets, a team that is number one in the West yet didn't get a second all-star, did not get a three-point contest, didn't get any of these people. 
And it would matter a little bit for him to just become the face of it a little bit more. Again, he doesn't need to. He doesn't owe it to anybody, this or that. But I do think that it would be nice for the Nuggets' sort of like their their popularity if he just was like, no, I'm the two-time MVP. I should be out here dictating how these yeah. guys play around me, not the other right. way around. No, you give me the ball. Yeah. I, just, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind seeing it just a little bit, even though this game is mostly dumb and just for fun. All right. That does it, guys. We're going away for the weekend. We're off for the next 72 hours. We are going to have a Serbian corner over the weekend with the homie Miroslav. He's been on a two-week break, but he is back. So you can look forward to that. Everybody, enjoy your long weekend. We get back, we'll be in the post-All-Star section of the season. See you then.